Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I took a, about a 50% pay cut to work about 50% less because I was mm-hmm. coming from an environment where I was working about 50 hours and going into a work environment where I was working 24, 25. And it's interesting because we actually then, we were like, oh, this is going to lengthen our timeline to phi. And surprisingly, we realized it didn't. Because I was no longer exhausted and burned out, we spent so much less money. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And today, we're going to be talking about financial independence. Relax. I know I said that all this month, we're going to be talking about side hustles. But in this episode, we're actually going to be talking about how you can build your dream life while pursuing financial independence and entrepreneurship, how that can tie into this whole process. So today's episode is how to work less and live more with slow fi. And we're going to be joined by someone who I consider to be iconic in the financial independence space and one of the first bloggers that I found in the area of financial independence. 
We're going to be talking to Jessica, who is a co-founder of the award-winning financial independence blog, The Pioneers. The Pioneers focus on the intersection between financial independence and lifestyle design. And lifestyle design is a huge part of the slow fi movement. Essentially, it is about enjoying the journey to financial independence, right? And you probably have associations with the financial independence movement that involve things like depriving yourself of normal things, right, that people want to do, like going out to restaurants and taking vacations and living like a college student for some future date where then you can enjoy your money, right? A lot of people associate the fire movement with frugality, sometimes extreme frugality, like biking to work every day, like eating rice and beans five times a week, like never going out to dinner or not taking vacations or living in a tiny house. I don't know about you, but that is not the vibe. I like spending money. I love spending money. I love living what some people would consider a luxurious life. And I definitely don't want to pursue financial independence in a way that is going to feel painful or like I am sacrificing my happiness for some later future. Because let's be honest, the future is not promised. So while it's perfectly reasonable and rational to plan for the future, you should not be sacrificing the enjoyment of today in order for that pursuit. So I love the conversation that we had on the podcast. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But a little bit more about the pioneers, just so you know, they are a couple that has worked in nonprofits for most of their careers. So they are not people who have ever been used to making a lot of money. And so financial independence was something that they initially were like, we're not interested in the idea of self-deprivation and extreme frugality that a lot of people associate with the fire movement. So they, like many of us, found themselves caught up in the cycle of like living for the weekend and they knew they needed to make a change, but they were not willing to sacrifice their present day happiness for some financially independent future where now all of a sudden like you can do whatever you want. So they discovered this concept called SloFi and they're pretty much like the leaders in this space right now. And they talk about how to basically design your life, right? So Jessica, who we're going to be talking to today on the podcast, is actually a lifestyle design coach. So she helps people with career discovery and lifestyle design for people who want to take unconventional paths to fire. I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. You can find out more about the Pioneers on Twitter and Instagram at the Pioneers, and you can join their SloFi Enthusiast Facebook group at thefineers.com slash FB. Now, let's get into this episode. You don't want to go anywhere. Stay tuned. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. 
So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, Jessica, also known as one of the members of the Pioneers, is on the podcast today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. Absolutely. So I think that you might be like one of the first three fire people, I guess, that I ever discovered on social media. And I think I heard you first on a podcast. I want to say it was the Fi Show. And I was like, oh my God, like I need to find out more about this topic. I need to understand more. And I love the fact that you are like putting everything that you need to know about fire on a blog. I love blogs. And so just thank you for like even taking the time to educate folks on this topic, because I think so many people want to know about this and you really break it down in a way that's like super approachable. Awesome. Well, I love writing, really, really love the process of creating the blog. I think in so many ways, the writing's almost for me, right? <laughs> to be able to like document my thought process and really think things through in a way, right? If I need to organize my thoughts enough to be able to have people understand them, it helps me tremendously. Yeah, I love that. So why don't you go ahead and formally introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. So I'm Jessica. I'm one of the co-founders of The Pioneers. Um, it's a financial independence blog, and we focus on the intersection between financial independence and lifestyle design. So we're not the kind of people who are saying, deprive yourself for 10 years so that you can retire early. I think that's one. Not realistic for a lot of people. We didn't come out of college having particularly high incomes. And so reaching FI in 10 years was not going to be a possibility for us. And the second piece is we want to focus on the journey. So we focus on how can we make our lives better today? How can we build financial freedom along the way that enables us to be able to take steps toward this vision that we have for our ideal life. I love that approach. And I think it's so contrary to like a lot of what I see as far as fire content. It's just like, you need to suck it up and suffer and then you'll enjoy your life. And so you're preaching absolutely not that it is not an all or nothing approach. You can still enjoy life while you're pursuing financial independence. Absolutely. And I would say just one thing about that too is that I actually feel like as you pursue financial independence and as you get your money in order and as you are able to save more, right? Those are things that actually I think like enable you to live your best life, right? Mm -hmm. So it isn't that I need to spend money to do XYZ thing, right? The focus is more on, wow, as I save more money or as I pay off debt, my expenses are lower. And so I could work less or I could do a job that I enjoy, even if it doesn't pay as much, yeah. right? And so those are the kinds of things that I really would want to encourage people to think about because there's so many 
options for people along their path where they don't need to try to retire by 40 or 45 or 50 Mm -hmm. if they're doing something that they enjoy. Yeah. And I can't wait to dive into all the things that you're personally doing to optimize your life as you pursue FIRE. But before we get into that, first, I want to understand what your relationship was like with money growing up. Can you talk me through it? Sure. Yeah. There's a couple things that I want to bring up here. I think one of them is just background wise, I grew up in an upper middle class family. So definitely like white suburbs in Michigan. My parents were always pretty frugal. And so I always knew that they would like buy things on sale. Our typical vacation was to like visit and stay with family. Right. And so there wasn't really lavish lifestyle going on. However, I did grow up in the suburbs. I did get a great public education that I know has provided me with a lot of options in life. And I think one way that I really benefited was that my parents instilled in me the importance of living within my means and not using debt whenever possible. Mm. And so they were able to help me with a portion of my college tuition, but they were very clear, right? Like, this is it. So you (laughs) can go to like the really expensive school and still need to take out tens of thousands of dollars in loans every year, or you can go to the cheap school and then maybe you get to travel in the summer and like all of these things, right? So they definitely presented it as trade-offs. I feel really fortunate now to have chosen to go to the least expensive school that I had an option to go to and to to be able to graduate without debt. So I think that's one of like the core things is my parents were always really good at managing money and good at instilling like those values in me. That's great. Yeah. One other thing that I wanted to share is I think I grew up with though like a scarcity mindset. So like another part of my early experiences was that I started volunteering at a really early age. So like at the age of five, my family started serving Thanksgiving dinner at a homeless drop-in center. I ended up traveling a lot internationally through high school and college doing like volunteer trips or study abroad. I really came to see how differently people lived place to place And, you know, the needs of the community and the great work being done to meet the needs in the community. But really after this, like my privilege as a white, upper middle class American became very apparent to me. Yeah. As like a 18 year old, 19, 20 year old, like it was hard for me to like handle that. Right. And so I felt really guilty about it. That sort of moved with me into my life where... Like when I started actually making more money than just enough to make ends meet, I felt bad about it, Mm. right? Like I felt like, why do I deserve this Mm -hmm. when like I don't, right? Like other people don't deserve this less than me. This doesn't make sense. And so I needed to really like work through that. But that's sort of followed me through to my 30s and something that I've worked through more in the last couple of years. That's really powerful. And I can definitely identify with the feeling of like, why me? Like, I don't deserve this. And I think a lot of people, especially in my community, like if we're the first ones to go to college and like start making serious money, we kind of have this sense of guilt about like, why did I make it versus Mm -hmm. nobody else in our neighborhood or 
Why is everybody around me struggling? And it can make you kind of self-sabotage in a way. I know it made me self-sabotage. I felt like I just needed to spend all my money to help everybody around me. But then I'm like dealing with credit card debt and this paycheck to paycheck cycle because I just feel like if I have it, I need to give it to everyone, even at the expense of my own goals and dreams. And so that can definitely lead to like a lot of toxic behavior. Yeah. And I think for me, I had a similar but different response in the sense that like I felt like I shouldn't make money. So like my first job or one of my first jobs out of college, I did AmeriCorps Mm -hmm. in like the Northern New Jersey, New York City metro area. And I made $11,000 in the year. Wow. And I was like, great. This is like what I felt like I should have been doing. Right. And I like didn't Mm -hmm. go out to eat for a year. We were like penny pinching left and right. Like I think combined we made like $30,000 or something. Mm -hmm. And it was tough in a high cost of living area. And luckily I had a spouse who was working, not making a great income, but enough that we could get by. Yeah. But then when we started to make more money, I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Mm. Like I was like, I just want to avoid it. Like I don't want to know. I don't want to like know how much we make. I don't want to know how much we save. I just didn't want to know. And I didn't want to like make money, which yeah, is like a weird thing to talk about now because like now I realize that rich people aren't actually evil. Some of them are, but like yeah. really it just <laughs> amplifies who you already are. Mm. And if you have more freedom and more wealth, like you can actually just do more in the world and in your community. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of people that especially when we are dealing with the scarcity mindset, it can feel like there's never enough. And I would argue that there is so much wealth to go around. It's just very unevenly distributed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what was your money situation like before you decided to pursue fire? So you said you were kind of like the horse with the blinders on. You don't (laughs) want to know what's happening, right? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I will say I am so lucky to have had a spouse who cared about finances like during those years that I felt really uncomfortable thinking and talking about money. As I mentioned, we did start out our careers with very, very low incomes. But then over time, we were able to increase our income and like got to a place where we were able to save. The funny thing is my husband and I were were somewhat different people in the sense that he just wanted to save all the money. Like he was... (laughs) like financial oriented and he like knew about financial independence like probably five years before I did and every year he'd be like let's just save a little bit more like five percent more can we just save five percent more and I would be like we're making money for like the first time in our lives like can we like not like go out to dinner once in a while but I think the thing is is like he right usually won the arguments because (laughs) I had no idea how much money we we were bringing in or how much mm-hmm. we spent, right? And so his argument was like, well, we can do those things and we can still save. Like we just need to prioritize, right? And so yeah. we did get to a place when I was like ready to engage in the finances and ready to start to sort of consider that more where we were saving a significant portion of our income, probably about a third of it. Okay. And then when I actually first heard about FIRE, 
I was like, I don't think this is real. <laughs> Such a common reaction. My husband is still on the fence. He's like, this just sounds like a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I don't actually, like, I just always thought that people like saved as much as they could and like, maybe they could retire someday. Maybe. <laughs> and like, maybe they'd have money to cover emergencies. Like, that's it. Right. And there, you know, I remember reading a book, The Your Money or Your Life, and I turned to him and I was like, wait, is this real? Like, can we do this? <laughs> And he was like, oh, yeah, our timeline's 12 years. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to be a shocker. Yeah. So in, in that sense, I'm extremely lucky. So like I started out my financial independence, like my personal financial independence journey, knowing like, wow, I only have 12 years to go. Mm -hmm. And like I'm partnered with someone who's always been really good with money, right, and thoughtful and and everything. And so I think when I actually got on board and started to like actually engage with the finances and actually understand them, right? And understand what they mean for our decisions. Like what that did was it, you know, we had the same goals and we were aligned on them. And so that was able to like supercharge our path in a sense and really help us to like think about what we wanted in our lives together. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I want to know, like, what exactly was it that kind of made the light bulb go off for you? Was it seeing the fact that you could be financially independent in 12 years or was it more than that? It was more than that. So I actually, I didn't get on board right away. I was still like, oh, 12 years. Great. 12 years feels like a really long time to like do this, right? Which this <laughs> I thought was like, deprive myself, work a horrible job that makes paid me a lot of money. The sort of the traditional fire narrative of sacrifice now for like your life of eternal bliss later. And I just, that just didn't totally resonate with me. Like I wanted the thing in 12 years, but I didn't want to do the thing between now and 12 years. Yeah. And so it ruminated in my mind for a good six months and then I think sometimes like really challenging situations can sort of pull us like out of our heads and like into a situation where we need to look at things in a different way. And I was already in a toxic job. I had like a pretty severe mental health crisis. And so I started experiencing panic attacks from stress at work. And for me, I think what was almost more stressful at the very beginning of that was being like, what do I do? Like, can I just quit the job or can I take, you know, leave of absence or because I didn't know our money situation. Mm -hmm. And so it was that experience that really got me looking like, oh, this is how much money we have in our emergency fund. And this is what that means, right? And so I first saw it and I was like, okay, we have like nine months worth of, worth of expenses in an emergency fund. And then I was like, oh, great. That means I could not work for nine months. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. No, that means if we both lost our jobs, that would cover us for nine months, mm -hmm. right? And so for me working through just the specifics, like the numbers, I can see the numbers on a page and I'm like, oh, great. But like, if I don't know what it means for my life right now, like it doesn't do anything for me. Right. And so right. for me, that was a really defining moment to say, wow, like I'm not just, we're not just saving all of this money for some potential 
future way down the road. Like it's something that we can use now to make our life better now. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I think many times in life, it takes some crisis of sort to manifest change, right? And so I can think of me being laid off and starting a blog that now has become a five-figure business. Like I never would have even thought about that, doing all the things with the nine to five and having all this chaos and craziness going on. So I think life really has a way of just like giving you the time to reevaluate things, even if you didn't necessarily plan on doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> or making you do the things that you really yeah. like not done and like yeah. let yourself think about. Yeah. And just making that be necessary. So true. All right. So can you walk me through your fire journey? Talk about like the ups and downs you've experienced, the strategies that you're using and your why. Like why are you doing this? Okay. So that's a big question. How about I start with the why and then we can walk through like the ups and downs and strategies. So in terms of the why, I think when I first learned about Phi, the thing that stuck with me most was this question of like, what would you do if you didn't need to work for income? Mm. And at that time, I, I couldn't even figure it out. I was so stressed in this toxic job. I had been so focused on my career for so long that I didn't even know what I enjoyed doing anymore. Mm. And so that question really captivated me for really, I would say probably that six months when I wasn't ready to commit yet. I was thinking and I was journaling and I was figuring out like, what do I even like to do? And so that really was, I think, the first thing that we, that my husband and I talked through was like, what do we actually want life to look like? Like, what could be possible? Because anything is possible. And I think that the beginning we were like, anything's possible if you reach fire. And now I know that like so many things are possible way before you reach fire, but starting in that anything's possible phase was helpful to see, oh, great. Now some of these things can happen beforehand. Mm -hmm. We have a few things that we articulated. I think one of them is that work is part of our ideal life, work that we're passionate about and work that ideally is location independent so that we are able to travel more often and to like visit family and friends that live in different locations and explore the world. And that like sort of the slow living and taking care of ourselves is really important to us as well in building strong relationships with people around us. And Mm -hmm. so that was really our why. And then really the thing that like got me committed was like having a conversation and deciding that like we weren't going to take this deprivation path. Like we were going to take a path where, and this has become the tagline of our blog, where the journey as remarkable as the destination. Uh Like that was the first thing that we decided on when we were going to pursue financial independence. And so that's really the why. Yeah. In terms of the ups and downs, there's been a lot. So as I mentioned, my, the like first moment that I actually got involved in finances was in the middle of a mental health crisis. And that was like one week after we had this conversation about how we wanted our journey to FI to be as remarkable as the destination. And so I did end up going on a medical leave of absence, getting short-term disability for about six months. 
eventually quitting that job. And then... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. I decided to go back to work but on a part-time basis. So I went back three days a week with the idea being that I could go up later, right? But I wanted to settle back into the work environment, sort of continue to sort of my mental health journey, mm-hmm. continue to figure out how to manage the anxiety in a way that was helpful and manageable. Yeah. And obviously with that, that I took a, about a 50% pay cut to work about 50% less because I was Mm -hmm. coming from an environment where I was working about 50 hours and going into a work environment where I was working 24, 25. And it's interesting because we actually then, we were like, oh, this is going to lengthen our timeline to phi. And surprisingly, we realized it didn't. Because I was no longer exhausted and burned out, we spent so much less money. Like we weren't spending money on the like convenient groceries that are easy to make. We weren't spending money on takeout. We were finding the deals when we were wanting to travel or do things because previously it was like, oh, well, we deserve this, right? Instead of saying like, oh, let me see what travel deal is happening or, you know, can I use travel rewards on XYZ thing? And so then we realized we were actually say, like spending about $1,000 a month less. Mm-hmm. And then, so then we realized it didn't even change our timeline at all. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Which was pretty crazy, <laughs> right? To take a 50% pay cut and then realize like, oh, if we just reduce our, 
expenses, it doesn't actually change the timeline. It sounds so like radical, right? But I mean, what you're saying makes so much sense because I feel like so many of the things that we can spend like tons of money on can be some form of like escapism or coping with just like the stresses of life. And I know I've been guilty of that in the past with travel. Like I always felt like I was just, I had to have like two or three trips booked because my job was so stressful that I needed something to get me through the day. Mm -hmm. And now that I've like engineered my life in a way that it's not so stressful, like I don't really have this hunger to travel the same way because I feel like, what am I escaping from? I don't feel Mm -hmm. that need anymore. (laughs) Yeah, right. Or I'm like, I want to do the sort of the adventurous travel that is like somewhat less expensive than like going to the resort and sitting on the beach for five days, right? (laughs) Getting drunk because life sucks. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So for us, it was interesting because we were like, okay. So I got to a point, I think six months in where we were planning to reassess whether I should increase my hours at work. And we decided no. So we decided Mm -hmm. for me to stick with the three days a week. And then the great thing about that was that it gave me really plenty of time to focus on passion projects. So first on the blog, and then this year in 2020, so in the spring, I actually built a coaching program. Um, And so I work with people specifically who are pursuing fire financial freedom in some way. And it's really focused on like lifestyle design and career discovery, but it's not like traditional career coaching. It's like for people specifically who want to live an unconventional life. So that's been really fun for me. And I've had this like grand experiment of how I'm spending my time on passion projects. Like my question has been, can I make money doing things that I would want to do after I reached financial independence anyways. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then I can transition to this vision of this ideal life that I have long before because working and doing work that I'm passionate about is actually part of my ideal life. Yeah. I think that's the thing about the RE part of FIRE that people are just like, but what are you going to do? Like, why would you want to retire? Because I think like, obviously so many people just imagine like the people here where I live in Florida, just like lounging on a rocking chair and waiting to die. And it's like, no, that is not what we're going towards, guys. We literally are just, it's about the freedom to literally engineer your life. Yeah, no, and and the thing that I would say, to people is like so many people pursue fire and then they reach it and then they're like, oh, and now I'm going to do all this other work that I'm passionate about. (laughs) And then they continue to make money and they continue to cover their expenses. And it's like, well, why did you wait so long to do that if like you were just delaying your life until you reached fire when in actuality you could have transitioned years earlier? Mm-hmm. And for me, I've learned a lot from the people whose stories of, of the people who have retired early, who are now, many of them are saying like, I wish I had taken a slower path. I wish I had transitioned sooner. I didn't realize I would continue to generate this income in ways that was like so enjoyable to my life, right? And yeah. so for me, thinking about that and hearing their advice, it's like, what a shame would it be to like wait until I reached full fire to do all of this stuff that I'm really loving doing. Yeah. 
So you're actually celebrating a huge milestone that you've recently reached. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah. So I actually last week gave notice at my job and I am taking the leap to become a quote unquote full-time entrepreneur, specifically focusing on my coaching work and continuing to build up the blog. So I'm super excited about that. It definitely takes me another step closer to my vision for my ideal life or what I would hope that my post-spy life would look like. Yeah. And so that's exciting, right? And as I mentioned at the beginning, those key things that I'm looking for are location independence, which can be done through entrepreneurship, and then the ability to travel, and then the ability to focus on taking care of myself and you know, building strong relationships with the people around me. And I'm that is amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I have so many questions because as someone who is also actively pursuing making the leap from a full-time worker to entrepreneurship, I have so many questions. Like I think the biggest one is how do you get past the mental block that I've been experiencing where I'm convinced that if I quit my job, all of my side hustles are just going to dry up and I'm going to end up living in a cardboard box. <laughs> in some ways, it's actually funny that you're asking <laughs> this question because like two weeks ago when I was thinking about like, oh, should I quit all of this? Like one of your quotes that you shared on Instagram was like, the thing that made me be like, yes, I can do this, right? And so I'm going to read it and you're going to hear your own words oh, God. back at you. <laughs> your economic security does not lie in your job. It lies in your own power to produce, to think, to learn, to create, to adapt. That's true financial independence. It's not having wealth. It's having the power to produce wealth. Well, there you go. Right? That's powerful. <laughs> Thank you. It is, right? And for me, that helped me a lot to think about and say, like, yeah, my economic security like does not lie in any particular job or any particular project mm -hmm. that I'm doing, right? So like even if the coaching totally flops, I still believe in my power to produce, right? Mm -hmm. My power to think, to learn, to create, to adapt right? All of those things that are required that make it so we can produce wealth, yeah. right? And so even like I'm confident that if that doesn't work, I can generate income in other ways, right? Mm -hmm. Or like- Worst I case, could, you can always just get a job. <laughs> right? No. And it's interesting because my worst case isn't even to get a full-time job. My <laughs> worst case is like, go get a part-time job. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think I've gone through this process of saying like, there's really very little that could go very wrong. Like, mm -hmm. like there's certainly things that could go wrong and might not be as successful as I want or might not grow as much as I want to. But I think there's like a couple things, right? So one of them is like building this belief in the abundance. And the other one is just having trust in the numbers, mm. right? And so for yeah. me- They don't lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Having trust in the numbers, but also like knowing them and know what they mean. Mm -hmm. Right. Like for me, I didn't have that. And so it was hard for me. And it was part of the reason why I stayed in a horrible job for so long. Right. It was because I did not know that I had 
money in an emergency fund that meant that I could leave and Mm -hmm. that I could take a break or that I could do different things over time. So there's that piece of it, right? It's like knowing what's your runway. And then two, there was this piece of figuring out like, what is Coastify and realizing that and I can define that here. Yes. Yeah. Coastify is when you have enough already saved in your retirement accounts that depending on whatever your age is, you don't need to add any more because it will continue to grow to provide you with a comfortable traditional retirement. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 65, 67, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. So then basically at that point, you no longer need to save additional income, right? So you have an option to say, okay, I could actually just scale back and cover my actual costs of living, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, knowing that like, I only actually need to cover my costs and that I have a spouse who is still working – and I know that that's a, a piece of privilege here that not everyone has when they're thinking about making a leap to entrepreneurship. But I think knowing that like, yeah, I can cover my expenses. We can cover our expenses in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so going back to that like belief that I'm getting from you that <laughs> you can have more for yourself too is that the economic Security really lies in your power to produce, right? Yeah. Not in any particular thing or project or anything. Yeah. I really do need to follow my own advice. I think I still have a lot of hangups about like, what is my family going to say? Like, are they going to think it's irresponsible? And, you know, I'm married. So I'm like, I talk to my husband about this all the time. I'm telling him like, this is the week I quit. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) But honestly, he's just like, do what you think is best. But then it's like, I think I care too much about what everybody thinks. And that's something I got to get past. (laughs) So it's a journey. It is. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And you realize that you can, you can work through that. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of journeys, the first place that I actually heard about the concept of like slow fi was through you guys and your blog. So what does that actually mean? And how do you implement a slow fi approach into your life. I want to know also, like, how are you able to negotiate part-time schedule at your existing employer? Because I think that's something that a lot of people think about wanting to do, but they don't even know like how to go about having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I define slow fi as basically taking an approach to financial independence that is focused on the journey, right? And so it's saying I can use the financial freedom that I gain along the way to financial independence to design my life and to make my life better, right? And so that's, and that could be so many things, right? Like it could be that you take a job that pays less, but that you enjoy more or that you want to work part-time or you want to take a mini retirement or you want to become an entrepreneur or start freelancing or semi-retirement, right? Like there's so many different things under that umbrella of slow fi. Mm -hmm. And it's really taking, I think the first thing is figuring out like, what do you actually want? Yeah. Right? Like for us, we were like, oh, we want to be location independent. And then I was saying, well, what do we need to be location independent? We don't actually need to be fi to achieve that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. There's ways to do that earlier. And how do we make that that happen for ourselves? So there's that piece of it. And then you asked about part-time work. Yeah. So how did you actually negotiate that? Yeah. So I was actually lucky to find an organization that was actually small but growing. And so they were actually looking for a part-time HR manager role. And so that's a recommendation that I have for people is like if you look for companies like startups or smaller organizations that are small but looking to grow, they might be interested in bringing people on on a part-time basis. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Now the organization is getting to a place where they have grown quite a bit and there actually is some pressure to work more. And so I really needed to set my own boundaries around that and to be Mm -hmm. really clear about what I will and won't do. I do feel fortunate that I started out working those 24 hours, so I was able to keep them there. But I do know that there's plenty of people who have gone from 40-hour work weeks to 32-hour work weeks or 20-hour work weeks and have figured out how to make that work. It often requires some pretty like significant change in role though. Otherwise, they sort of expect you to do the same amount of work in less time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where those boundaries come into play. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what does financial self-care mean to you? So for me, I think financial self-care means that I know my numbers and Mm -hmm. I know what they can do for me, right? Because I clearly was not utilizing financial self-care when I was like in this toxic job and had no idea that I could just leave. Yeah. Right? Like financial self-care for me meant learning exactly what the numbers were, what they meant and what it meant for my life and therefore what decision I could make to like get out of a toxic situation. And so I think that's one piece of it. And then I think beyond that, I think it's this, like, there's something around intentionality. So like paying attention to my spending and spending specifically on things that add value to my life and not spending on things that don't. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about this, like, abundance mindset, too, of, like, not holding tight to things that aren't serving me. Yes. Right. And like, and not being so worried that everything will fall apart. Right. Like having, (laughs) right. That's That's very difficult to say as someone with anxiety, because I totally know how you feel. I've suffered from anxiety for like most of my adult life. And so the lack of controlling things, it's like a constant struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not getting to this place where I have this abundance mindset without a lot of learning and growth that I have needed to go through. And I am positive I will backslide many, many times. Mm -hmm. But the more I say it out loud, like the more I believe it, that like I don't need to hold tight to things that aren't serving me. Because if I do, I'm closing off other possibilities that might come along. Oh, yeah. I can definitely attest to that being absolutely 100% true. So I love that. All right. So what advice would you give to someone who's ready to either get control of their finances to pursue fire or who's ready to pursue fire in a way that just feels less restrictive and militant? (laughs) What advice would you have for them? Good question. So I'll start with the someone who wants to like start getting in control of the finances. Yeah. 
I would say probably the first thing is to just understand where you are, right? And to like know your numbers, know where you are, even if it's not a, a place that you're you're happy with, but knowing what your baseline is can help you to take steps in the direction where you want to go. I think the second piece that I think is probably good for every group of people is to like start to build a community of people who are doing the things that you would like to be doing or like a peer group of people who are like managing their finances in a way that you would aspire to or who are living their lives in a way that you would aspire to. So that could be in particular to someone who might be pursuing fire at a super fast and miserable pace. <laughs> like maybe like start building a community with people who are like taking it slow and actually like designing their lives and doing things yeah. that they love. So that's what I would recommend as like maybe the two pieces to start with. That's great. I'm so big on surrounding yourself with people who have similar goals or just similar inspirations in mind because I feel like it really does keep you motivated, especially when you're doing something as radical as pursuing financial independence. I think it's all about community to keep you on track and motivated. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be in-person community, right? Oh, yes, so absolutely. Especially in the age of COVID. You can find online, yeah. <laughs> Facebook groups, Instagram, Twitter, like people are hanging out in those spaces. And then back when you're now when eventually when COVID is done, there will be events and then you get to meet some of those people in person. And there are people who I've met online that I consider like some of my best friends now, which is a little bit weird, but I have met them in person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I totally get it. I think there's just so much knowledge and people are so willing to just like share all the information that they have. They really want you to succeed. Like the debt-free community and the financial independence community, I think is just some of the most supporting people I've ever met on the internet. It's wild. (laughs) Agreed. So what is your money mantra? Yeah. So I mentioned this earlier in the interview, but I'll say it one more time. My money mantra is that the journey should be as remarkable as the destination. Mm. And to me, that means... I'm not going to sacrifice everything right now just so that I can retire early later. Like there is, of course, a balance. Like I do need to make sure that my future is taken care of. And at the same time, I want to focus on making my life better along the way. Mm -hmm. And I've seen and I've experienced that like saving money is actually the thing that allows me to live a better life. Absolutely. I love that message. Jessica, this has been an amazing conversation. So for those of us who want to find out more about you and follow your journey, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me on my blog. It's thefioneers.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at thefioneers. And then I do have a Facebook group for people who are interested in slow fi and lifestyle design. And you can find that at thefioneers.com slash FB for Facebook. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you and your approach to financial independence and early retirement because I feel like when I talk to a lot of people about it, they just are instantly put off by this idea that you need to sacrifice now to enjoy your life later. And I love the message that you are sharing where it doesn't have to be 
an all or nothing game. You can enjoy the process as you get there and really design your life to be the best that it can be now and in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Mi gente, I hope you love that conversation. My God, you know, if you're sick of me talking about financial independence, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, but I just think like we are not meant to just be on this planet and like work to, to die. We're just not. That is not it. Our ancestors sacrificed everything so that we can have opportunities like going to school, getting educations, getting these amazing careers, and then using the money that we earn at these careers to buy back not only our freedom, but the freedom that they couldn't experience. Do you know how big of a deal it is for you to be able to like change the lineage of your family and break out of this cycle of struggle and lack that so many generations of our communities have experienced, that is for me the true power of financial independence and why I will never stop talking about it. Because we deserve to rest. You deserve rest. You deserve to retire whenever the hell you want, retire with dignity, have wealth that is transformational, that can change your life, your parents' life, your children's life. And that's why it's so important for us to get really intentional about what are we doing with the time that we have here? Do you wake up every day excited about the potential that you have to transform your life? Do you wake up every day making moves that are going to serve you now and in the future? You should be focusing on designing your life today, right now, to be the best damn life that you can live and take incremental steps every single day to make it just a little bit better. So I hope that this conversation leaves you feeling inspired and makes you want to design a life that you love today and tomorrow. I don't know about you. But I'm done just living for the weekends. So until next time, guys, stay intentional, stay motivated, stay invested, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.